Venerable Master, Dhamma friends, welcome to our Sutra Lecture tonight. This is December 1st, Saturday night. We are here in Berkeley, California, <coughs> looking into the Avatamsaka Sutra's Ten Grounds chapter. We're on the fourth ground, and uh, we're just at the very beginning of our chapter. So uh, we're going to begin, as we usually do, by reciting the name of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas in the Sutra, which is here on the front cover of your text. You find it right here. So let's do that. We'll uh, invoke the presence of the Triple Jewel and the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. to the people who are joining us online from wherever you might be. And uh, if you all could see what I'm seeing, you would be very pleased. There are, uh, the men's side is full of uh, bright-eyed, uh, resolved uh, young monks, young in Dharma years, uh, some young in actual years. And uh, the women's side, for some reason, is looking a little sparse tonight, but I think maybe by the time we finish, there might be a few more. So, uh, actually, we value quality, not quantity. So if you listen well, there's multiply. So, uh, we have a translation into Chinese. Who would like to hear Chinese? Please raise your hand, and we can give you a earphone. The Saturday night lecture is done in English, so... We're providing Chinese translation. And the Vietnamese translation is in the balcony, if anybody would like to hear Vietnamese. 
So we have three languages happening, which is a, a great wish realized. We're webcasting around the world uh, for anybody who would like to join us online. And we also archive. We put it on YouTube and uh, streaming on YouTube. We also put a podcast of the audio on iTunes. So this is all uh, new ways to bring the Dharma to people who otherwise would not be able to hear. Please turn to page four and five. Disu di yet. Page four and five in your text. Ready? 当修行师法名门何等伟时何等伟时所谓观察众生界观察众生界观察法界观察世界观察世界观察虚空界观察虚空界观察世界 观察世界，观察欲界，观察欲界，观察观察无色界，观察无色界，观察广心性结界，观察广心性结界，观察大心性结界。观察大心性结界。观察大心性结界。All right, over to the right. At that time, let's read it all together. Let's read it in unison. Here we go. At that time, Vajra Treasury Bodhisattva said to Moon of Liberation Bodhisattva, Disciples of the Buddha, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, who has already mastered the third ground and who wishes to learn the fourth, the ground of blazing wisdom, should cultivate ten methods for understanding the Dharma. What are the ten? They are contemplating realms of living beings, contemplating realms of dharma, contemplating realms of worlds, contemplating realms of empty space, contemplating realms of consciousness, contemplating realms of desire, contemplating realms of form, contemplating realms of formlessness, contemplating realms of extensive minds, faith, and understanding, and contemplating realms of big minds, faith, and understanding. Okay, there we go. So this is the fourth ground of the ten grounds, and we've just begun. Our booklet is very thin because this is all we've uh, retranslated, and we are uh, adding to our book as we go. Um, we have actually done more, but we haven't printed it up yet. And when we finish the rest of it, we'll add it to our book and it will grow. 
We've already done three of them like this, and we're now number four. The uh, fourth ground has just begun, and the Bodhisattva is uh, about to become vigorous because the, the grounds accompany the paramitas. And originally there are six paramitas, the six perfections, the six me. And the, the first six are the ones we know usually, then they add four more because this is the Avatamsaka. So we have giving and moral precepts, patience, and now vigor. Following this will be Number five is in the perfections, dhyana. Following that will be, don't answer, <laughs> Okay, the next one is, the number five is dhyana samadhi, concentration. The one after that is prajna. So then there are four more after that to get the ten perfections. So perfections come in six and in ten. And I learned only after I began uh, talking to uh, monks from the Theravada tradition to learn that there are barami in, in the Pali tradition, but it's not the same. Barami is a different word, and it means uh, wholesome qualities, kind of like shangan, similar to the, in the Chinese idea of shangan. If someone has a lot of barami, it's kind of like tadakunda, his, his merit, his merits, his virtues. A person's kind of wholesome qualities. So. It's a Thai thing. Mm. So barami is a... Barami is a Thai word. I didn't know. Okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I see. So it became a Buddhist idea, but or the Buddhists use it. Okay, correct correction. Barami is a Thai word, and it uh, it refers to that idea. It's a very Buddhist-sounding idea, and so the Buddhists brought it in. That happens a lot in the Chinese world. That there are ideas that are originally part of Chinese culture. Uh, that often grew up with the Taoist world, but they were so similar, they overlapped, and so the uh, Buddhists and the and the, the Taoists share them. So it's the same in in, uh, in the Thai world, the Thai Buddhist world. So what is going on? We're at the very start, and at the start there are preliminaries. There are basic things you have to do to get the sutra rolling. And uh, what has just happened in the the first. You know, the first couple pages of our text is they request Dharma. They say the third ground was really wonderful, now it's time for the fourth ground. And Vajra Treasury Bodhisattva, who's the speaker, um, is asked once again to go ahead and lecture on it. And uh, Moon of Liberation, Chetoye, has mentioned here, his name came up, because he's kind of the speaker who's doing the requesting on behalf of everybody there. So Vajra Treasury Bodhisattva says, okay, I will. I'm ready to speak. Uh, what does he say? At that time, Vajra Treasury Bodhisattva said to Muna Liberation Bodhisattva, disciples of the Buddha, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, who has already mastered the third ground 
and who wishes to learn the fourth, the ground of blazing wisdom, should cultivate ten methods for understanding Dharma. What are the ten? Now, why is it called blazing wisdom? Yen, hui, di. And that's, that's it. That's the translation. Yin. If you look at the uh, third line, ar shi, the second line is what? The third line, yin, hui, those characters. If you look at yin, there's a fire radical there. There's the word for fire. That's the radical on the left. Yin is like that. That's a sound character. It just means blazing, like fire. Hui. Why? Why is... What does wisdom have to do with fire? Um, can pretty much everybody can. If you look at the picture of Amitabha on the back wall, notice his aura. Can you see? It's the, it's the tall, the tall picture in in the world of photography. That's called a portrait mode. Look at the aura around him. The those of you online can't see it, but there's blazing. Things shining off him. The the Buddha's on the altar here. Is our Amitabha? The standing Amitabha doesn't have flames, but the seated, the seated Buddhas have this surround, this light halo, sometimes called an aura. Right? Have you wondered what that is? Is that just art? Why why do you put that around the uh, the Buddha image? Um, my best answer is, uh, I think, I don't see it myself, but I think that's really there. When it's a Buddha, or a Bodhisattva, I think when you have removed the covers from your nature, the things that cover your nature over, which would be called what? Muming, no light, ignorance, muming, or attachments, Afflictions, emotions, too many ideas, doubts, arrogance, low self-esteem, all of the fanna, all the things that cover your nature. When you remove those through cultivation, it shines. Your nature shines. They say it blazes like a thousand suns. And I think what we're looking at is, at some points, maybe the artist was had his, his wisdom open and saw the actual... Of, of the aura. And I think it's not static. I think it's kind of like, when did you see the picture of the sun last? Called the corona of the sun. Have you seen a telescope of the sun with the filters on it so you can look at it? The light is going like that. The sun is this mass of gas and fire. I think that when someone is actually awake, you you shine like that. I don't know, I don't see it, but that's my feeling. That's probably the way it is. So blazing wisdom means that the bodhisattva who finishes, who cultivates to perfection this fifth ground, probably is starting to shine like that. Um, What do we see in the world? We see uh, people who impress us it might have been a teacher in your, your life, your high school teacher. It might be someone in your family, perhaps, someone you know. They impress you. And what do we say? We say charisma. That person has a lot of charisma. We say that person is, uh, has uh, character or something. Possibly we're seeing more light 
from that person. Um, sometimes when you see someone and you react negatively to them, maybe we're seeing deep covering, no light. Someone who's got an evil intent, a bad person, sometimes we, we recognize that there's something deeply covered about them. What is that? I think it's all variations of our ordinary vision and the amount of covering or uncovering that happens uh, in a person. Some people can really see. Um, I know there are some doctors who are, uh, through, a com- through their compassion, through their own cultivation, they can actually see the, the sick person's aura. Uh, in fact, in the Huangdi Neijing Suwen, they talk about doctors who cure by sight, as well as, you know, by this. There are some doctors who cure by sound. They hear your voice and they know where your what your health is. Others can smell where the illness is. So, we these six senses are uh, very flexible. We don't we don't really appreciate how those senses work. Um, so, yin hui, blazing wisdom, shining wisdom, mm, brilliant wisdom, mm, sparkling. Yin is kind of like huo yin. It's like flaming wisdom. So, wisdom and light are related. Um, I remember going out uh, with uh, Master Xuanhua, going out with our teacher uh, to on Dharma tours. A lot of these teachings happened in Malaysia for some reason. Shifu and Malaysia had a very strong connection. We would follow Master Shrinha to Malaysia. And uh, maybe because we went to so many small towns on different trips to Malaysia. We went to little towns in Malaysia. And uh, uh, Mabo, Muar, and Majubasha, and uh, Tringanu, Tringanu is not so small, but we went to Sabah, Sarawak back before it became rich and before they started cutting all the trees and finding the oil. Tringanu, before the oil, it was a little, little town. And we went to uh, uh, Coast and Klang, all these little places. And uh, Shurfa would get right with the people. And of course they would hear that uh, Master Shrenhua was here. And, Many of them, of course, Shifu had the reputation of being someone who could heal disease. And so often we would come into a town and there would be a line of people waiting for Master Shrenhua to get out of the car. And as soon as he did, they would surround him and pull at his robe, tug at him, you know. Sometimes they would bring people in wheelchairs, you know, wheel the wheelchairs up. One time they wheeled up a gurney, a hospital bed, you know. Someone who was last last breath. Ah, and and Shifu sometimes would be, you know, very patient. Okay, okay. Sometimes he would just scold him. He would say, Why are you here? And he would say, Do you know who I am? You're the healer. You're the medicine man. You're the witch doctor. And Shifu would just, you know, he said, I'm a Dharma master. I'm a Buddhist monk. He said, how many of you have come for the Dharma? What's the Dharma? None. They all came to get healed. 
And so Shrifa would, uh, without fail, without exception, he would always find a way to help these people. But he would do it in funny ways. Uh, one time in Mar, Mabo, uh, there was 30, 35 people, 40 people, all with deformed limbs or deaf or blind or obviously, you know, de- developmentally retarded or, you know, challenged and just every kind of ser- the medicine couldn't help in any way. And they would all get there. And then Sherfa would, Sherfa would be exhausted from having taught so many people. And he would say, okay, you all line up. You all line up there, you know. And the monks and nuns are watching Sherfa because he's really tired, you know. Sherfa would sit there and we'd be on all sides. And he would, you know, say, okay. He would say, I want you all to bow. Bow to the Buddhas. And uh, he wouldn't say it that way. He'd say it very kindly. I shouldn't imitate him. He would say, I want you all to bow to the Buddha. Not, I want you all to bow. No, no. I want you all to bow to the Buddha. And they would go, bow, oh, what for? You know, okay, okay. Do the Chinese bow. You know? Like that. If not, not respectfully, just kind of forcing. Kind of like that. Say, okay. You say, how uh, because you have a little bit of sincerity, he said, I'll, I'll help you. And he would take his guaidang, his cane, and he would go like this. Hala, Okay, I've, I've now blessed you all. People would go, What? Pianran? <laughs> and and Shu would, you know, he would say, Nam hala, johoi hala. <laughs> you would say, if you can get better, you'll get better. If you're incurable, then bit by bit, you know. So, and and then these people, you know, some people would see that and they would go, you know, thank you so much. Other people would just, you cheater, you cheat people. We came all the way out here and you wouldn't help us, you know. And Shruf was a Dharma master. He's not a witch doctor. He's not a medicine man. And uh, then, then, you know, I'll never forget that night, we, the monks were in the, this is a little tiny temple in Moir. And so we went upstairs to the, the second floor and where the monks were staying. And three, four monks were in one room and Sherpa was in the next room. And we came out in the morning and uh, Sherpa said, uh, we were we were out. The monks were out there after the sun was rising. Zalco was over. We're outside, and, and the door opened, and Shrifu came out. And it was pretty rare that he would come out in the morning. And he would say, "What did you see yesterday?" And we would say, "Well, Shrifu, we saw lots of people, lots of afflictions." He would say, "Did you see their light, Shrifu? What what light?" And, and he said, last, mostly it was black, some was brown, some was yellow. Oh, he said, You don't know, he said, he said, I didn't sleep all night. He said, and 
我不是假的，我真的治他们的病。He said, "You see me just wave my cane around in the air. You think I'm just playing around?" He said, "He said I am actually curing every one of them." 他说，那个业障深重，那种病痛是他们应该受的。你都不知道他们过去做了多少坏事，就他们应该受的。就因为我忍不住看他们痛的那样子，所以呢，我就接受他们的业障。我一个晚上，他们的业障就来跟我斗，我都不能睡。昨天晚上，我就跟他们的业障在那斗争。哼，你们以为就这么容易做出家人呢、啊？那<笑>师傅 said, "You saw me just wave my cane around." He said, "They should be sick." If you could see what these people have done in the past lives, the the retribution that they are suffering right now is what they should be receiving. They should get worse than that, he said. But because I can't stand to see them suffering, so I take on their karma for them, he said. So he said because I'm willing to do that, their karmic obstacles come and fight with me all night, because they say you took away. But I I they owe me that leg, they owe me that eye, they owe me that wisdom. And so I had to fight with them all night long to pacify them. I didn't sleep a wink. <laughs> you think it's so easy to be a monk? He said. <laughs> and we're going. We don't know, sure, but we had no idea. So that's. And I remember the reason I'm telling you that story is he said, "Did you see their color?" This is a yen hui di. So what's going on? I don't have an idea. No idea what's going on. This is not my realm. This is. But when Shifu gives you a clue, you think there's a lot going on here. What is going on? You know, so that's the difference between a sage and and someone who is still on the path towards becoming, which is us. We're on the path that way. So, when you contemplate the realm of living beings, 观察众生界 what do you see? Well, different eyes see different things, right?、Um, if you see the realm of living beings, there are many, 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 many living beings. Science gives us a look at the tiny living beings that live in our bloodstream, the incredible number of living beings that live in a drop of water, the microscopic living beings that we would not see without xian wei jing, without a microscope. Also,、um, somebody said、uh, the new Mars rover, Curiosity. Right, there's a new spacecraft on Mars now.、Uh, it was successful; it got there, and it's、uh, running around up there. And NASA last week was going to make a big announcement, and then they canceled it. Anybody follow that? Anybody see that? There was the news that that NASA had some big、uh, something about had to do with water on Mars, and then they then everybody's going, what happened? Why they pull the plug on it? So、um, maybe nothing, but they they are looking for some proof that there is、uh, intelligent life on Mars, or had been some sort of chance for living beings on Mars. So if with a telescope, Wang Yan Jing, we can see far away. So、um, here's a question. When the Bodhisattva, when we who follow the Bodhisattva say, "Zhongsheng Wu Bianshi Yandu," 
Living beings are numberless. I vow to save them all. Even though they're numberless, I'm going to save them all. Who are we talking about? Who is that? Who are the living beings we're going to save? If we're inspired by the Bodhisattva. When I first started, I thought it meant people. My mom. You know, people I didn't like. Do I have to save him? I don't want to save him, her. So that was my original understanding. And then I started calculating. What about mosquitoes? What about mosquitoes that give malaria? What about dengue fever mosquitoes? You know. So that's the way I was thinking. And I think maybe ultimately that's true. Uh, that you can save, quote, save other living beings. But the question, the, the question that comes to mind is, how do you interpret the word do? What does it mean to save? When are you saved? Is that when you become a Buddha? You're finally saved? It's a long time, you know. What does it mean to save somebody? Uh, and... So I started to think about that a lot. That's, a, that's the word, isn't it? Living beings are numberless. Even so, I vow to do. So how do, you, how do you make sense of the word do to save living beings? The way I think about it now um, is that if you are really... Uh, wise and compassionate, you can mm, bring beings closer to, to being good people. You can uh, make them Buddhists, they take refuge, is that when they're saved? You can, you can do that, like Shurfu impressed you know, us. Here's an example, Shurfu's vow. Shurfu's vow to eat one meal a day. Right? Our teacher said, I, I will eat one meal a day. The conditions for his eating one meal a day was he saw that his fellow Chinese countrymen did not have enough to eat in the Manchurian winter. And so he vowed to eat less in order to leave more food on the earth for others. Very unselfish. And he really did it. So he's willing to endure hunger part of the day so that food will be there for living beings to eat. That's impressive. That's very impressive. Selfless. Um, and similar things. Many, many similar things. So, is that when they're crossed over? The way I think about it now is, it's talking about, we say, living beings of my own inherent nature. What does that mean? Well, it means my own suffering and affliction. For example, if I have a bad temper, right? I have a bad temper, if I can cultivate patience so that my bad temper is slower to rise, it takes more to make me angry than before, that's That's taking across saving, rescuing a living being from what? From affliction. Because getting angry doesn't help. Getting angry causes more wuming, ignorance, not less. If I can practice ren, patience, then that living being is not afflicted. 
That's two ego junction. That's one living being crossed over. If I am frightened a lot, if I have a lot of fear, uh, social anxiety, so that I don't like to meet people, I'm always like really shy, I'm kind of, when people come around, I freeze up, and I, I'm I tense, my muscles tense, what? Anxiety, fear, that's suffering living being. That's an emotion. Fear, is an emotion. So, if I can make it so that when I see people, I look at them and think, there's a future Buddha there. That person might be the one who's going to take me across. I shouldn't be afraid. Or we think, oh, here's somebody I can help. Here's somebody I can give to. Somebody I might make a friend of. And when you have that thought, no tension, no fear, you relax, right? You have you crossed over the fear. So, when I think about it this way, it's like, oh, this is talking about the living beings inside me. And do to cross over means you take them from fanao to meo fanao. So they're okay. They're normal, balanced, chungdao. So the ultimate point of do is back to balance. So they don't, they're not troubled, they're not worried, they're not angry, they're not greedy, angry, stupid, proud, doubtful. The five basic afflictions. If they don't have those, then it's like, oh, normal. That's do. One by one by one. To the place where your nature has no affliction. You've heard that story about Shurfu, where people say, remember, everybody, not everybody, some people, some people would be really bold and they would ask Shurfu, Shurfu, are you enlightened? <laughs> Americans used to do that a lot. Are you enlightened, Shurfu? And depending on who was doing the asking, Shurfu would answer in different ways. Sometimes he would, why are you asking me? And sometimes he would answer very straight, depending on who would answer, or who was asking. And I'll never forget when he said, you know, he would say, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm no different than any of you. The only thing that's different is I don't have any afflictions. And it sounded so simple, so plain, kind of like vanilla ice cream, no flavor, you know, kind of like plain bread. But if you think about it, that's huge. No afflictions. Can't get him angry. Can't frighten him. Sure, was fearless, utterly fearless. Not afraid of dying, not afraid. He said, the only thing I'm afraid of is that I won't be true. So no afflictions. Like, that's huge. That's really huge. So, wow. So, are you enlightened, Shri? No, I just don't have any affliction. Otherwise, I'm the same. So, the realm of living beings. We are living beings because we have affliction. And if we can transform those afflictions, then our nature is completely blazing, blazing wisdom. So, the Bodhisattva on the fourth ground is contemplating. Our verb here, we said it ten times, is what? Guan cha. 
Guancha means to look, but you look not just with your eyes. Right? We are contemplating what? Contemplating means we are seeing. If you look at Guan, the word Guan has the, the seeing radical on the right-hand side. That word that repeats ten times. Guan, it's an eye on legs. I like that. Your eye runs out. Your eye is on legs there. You are looking at, but you're looking with your wisdom. Uh, it's, it's an internal seeing. You're seeing slowly. If you look, okay, I'm looking at these pretty red and black and white flowers. Anybody know what these are? These have a name. Can you see? What are they? Okay. What are they in Chinese? Anybody know? Shamohua? I don't, I don't recognize. So when you look at them, you go, okay. And the seeing happens really fast, right? Guan Cha is slow looking. You contemplate. You look and look again. And you're gazing and reflecting as you look. Guan Cha. So he is doing that. The Bodhisattva is slowly looking. He's savoring the look at ten realms. Guan Cha is also here to inspect. So he's inspecting, slowly looking at it. Guan Cha. Okay. What are jie, 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 jie. There are ten realms altogether, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten realms. And a realm is a space with a boundary. We, uh, when we, in the, in the Sangha, in the Buddhist Sangha, we jie, jie. When we want to do something formal within the Dharma, we want to ordain monks and nuns. We jie jie. You create a boundary called a sima, S-I-M-A. You create a boundary, a special area, and you do a ceremony so that you, it's called, you tie up, you create a boundary. The thing about the boundary is kind of like a fence. You put a fence around it and bad energy cannot come in and the things inside it are very contained, very controlled, orderly, proper, safe. Um, at one point, uh, Shifu told us that at, at uh, CTTB, we should recite the Lung Yen Zhou Xin 108 times every, every night in order to uh, make secure everything inside the boundary of wherever our minds can contain. So every night at CTDB, like that, 108 times, and wherever the mind's area reaches, that jie, that boundary is safe. Everything inside that boundary is, is saved by the power of the mantra in the Buddhas and the Bodhisattvas that, that support that mantra. So... That's a that's a, a jie, a, a realm. Fa jie, right? Is number two. It is the fa jie. Zhong shang jie would be on one hand everywhere there is a living being, from the tiniest tiniest uh, being born of wombs, eggs, moisture, and transformation, the four kinds of birth. The realm of dharma fa jie. One way to translate that is the universe. What is the universe? Well, goodness. There, that's a very big word. Could it be galaxies? 
is it space? You know, like outer space? It's hard to define what a universe is. That's a, a kind of a one-word-fits-all. Uh, we think Star Trek. Da -dee, da -dee 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 -dee. Boldly go where no Buddhists have gone before. You know, where no TV producers have gone before. You know, Star Trek. Um, is that the universe? Well, every time we think we get to the edge of it, it's further. It goes further. We invent a bigger telescope, and suddenly the universe grows. Did it grow? No, we just see further. So, I think universe is not a good translation for fajia, dharma realm, dharma datu. It's the place where dharma's realm, uh, where dharma's rule, the place where we find dharma. Where is that? Well, um, you would say everywhere. It, is there any place where principles do not apply? One way to think about it is dharma realm is not a measurement from me out. It's a measurement from me in. Think about that. So could the dharma realm be measured inside? That is to say, similar to the realm of the mind. Maybe. So how do you contemplate the dharma realm? Well, for one thing, you sit still. Try to calm the movement. Don't move. How do you it? Well, start like this, you know. Just sit still. Get your mind, get your head here so it's not cutting off circulation. Or, you know, how do you contemplate? Sit still. And you bring your eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind to stillness. And you, you sit still. But... You, is that the way you guan cha? Well, that may be the beginning. What kind of seeing do you do when you're sitting still? Hmm, good question. You could say, how are you meditating? What method are you using to meditate? Are you doing the wu jing guan, the, the contemplation of impurity? Are you doing the yin yuan guan, si bei guan? What kind of guan, what kind of formal contemplation are you using? Maybe you're not using that. Maybe you are uh, doing nigga zhi guan vipassana. Vipassana is a guan. You're contemplating thoughts rising. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. If you are doing nigga jiga shumato or vipassana, that's a guan. The, con the contemplation of vipassana. Watching thoughts rising, dwelling, decaying, gone. Another thought rises up. Anger is present. Anger is decaying. Anger is gone. Anger returns. Watching your thoughts one by one. You contemplate. You see that happen. And when it's not there, the seeing is still. It's like a mirror. Something comes up. There it is. Something goes. The observer is still. That's one way to contemplate. Now, my question, if we are look, contemplating the fa jie, the Dharma realm, where does it go? How big is the fa jie? Well, question, is the realm of Dharma still there when words and thoughts no longer arise? Interesting idea. The Chan masters will tell you that you can contemplate 
to a place where yen yu dao duan xin xing chu mian, where the path of words and language stop and the mind no longer thinks. Does the fa jie, does the Dharma realm end there because you can't name it or think about it? I think not. I think that's where the Dharma realm continues into principles of yu, se, wu se. What about the realm of samadhi, sanme? They say that the realm of samadhi opens past desire. If we have desire thoughts in our minds, we will not enter chu chan. Right? Chu chan, art chan, san chan, si chan, the dhyanas, the four states of dhyana, those begin once desire ends. Where is the, in the chan, si chan tian, is where? That's the form realm. Like a si jie, right? The devas in the form realm, they are always in the chan ding. We, in our human bodies, if we meditate really well, can get to the dhyanas. Shurfu talks about that a lot. That almost anyone can, ru chan, chu chan, ar chan, san chan. The Buddha entered the, he got enlightened from the third dhyana. That is above the desire realm. So as long as we are sitting here and our nose is still smelling for lunch, mmm, spaghetti today, mmm, I hope they don't make it too spicy, mmm, okay, no dhyana for you. Okay, you come right back to your nose, to the world, you know. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, oh, he's snoring again. Oh, he's snoring. Somebody wake him up. Out of dhyana. No dhyana for you. Your ears enter, right? So if you love or you hate, the six senses kick in, you're no longer in dhyana. The desire realm is right there. As soon as you can make all the six sense organs very calm and quiet, so that your thoughts are very easy and mellow, it's possible to enter dhyana. How interesting. Wow, you can enter the, the dhyanas. So, is, if you get into the third and fourth dhyana, your thinking is very subtle, very fine. Is that still a dharma realm? What dharmas are there? Well, wisdom. Samadhi, Sanme. What is the realm of the Nangyen, Sanme? What is the realm of the Pilujana, Zangshan, Sanme? Wow, those are still in the Dharma realm, but there's no thinking, there's no words. So, where is the Dharma realm? When we go inside to look, I mean, my answer is I don't know, but that's where you look, that's where you find the map. And there is, even beyond thinking and words, this Dharma realm continues. Where do you find it? Right here. Sutras. The sutras map the Dharma realm. Okay? The sutras are the Buddha's exploration of the Xin Jie, Fa Jie, Zhong Sheng Jie. So, that's one of the values of reading the sutras as we go beyond. Knowledge, consciousness, thought, language. But that realm is beautifully mapped. It's crystal clear. It's pure. It's perfect. And the sutra is open to us. But most of us are still just bumping around here in desire. So we never get there. One of these monks, we hope, or one of the nuns here, might 
purify body and mind and enter the dhyanas and say, indeed, the Dharma realm is just the way the sutras say. Very pure, very precise. It's just like the freeway. It's so clear. You want to get off at Gilman Street, you take the Gilman exit. You want to get off at the Shurangama Samadhi, you take this exit. We don't know because most of us don't do the hard work. But if it's there waiting, and these are the, these are the roadmaps to the Dharma realm is in the Buddha Sutras. I really believe that's true. So maybe in the future. Huh? Yes? Okay. Jin Yongshir's question, could we interpret this as plural? Contemplating the ten Dharma realms? I think absolutely. That's one of the things that Shifu said regularly was if you, any way that you explain it, as long as there's principle, that's that's a good way to explain it. The ten Dharma realms. People know what they are? The six paths of, of mortality, of rebirth, including the heavens, and then the four paths of sages beyond birth and death. Ten Dharma realms. Yeah, I definitely think so. So if you want to explain it that way, that would be totally right. Okay, what else? Guan Cha Shi Jie. The realm of Shi, worlds. And they are many, 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 many. One of the qualities of the Avatamsaka is it talks about worlds within worlds. We don't have to go into that uh, realm to appreciate how many worlds are happening all at once. Ah, uh, on the pilgrimage that I took, the Sambui Bai pilgrimage, um, I'm going to uh, interrupt myself for one second. Uh, Jerry, do we possibly have an empty SD card? This is soon to be filled. Do we have an empty anywhere? We, we want to replace this when it's empty. Our, our tape recorder here is about to be filled up, and if we could throw an SD card in. If anybody's got a spare. So, back to the story. Uh, on the Three Steps, One Vow pilgrimage, um, one, uh, one day in the late autumn, early winter, it was raining just like today. Here in Northern California, it's been raining since, uh, since did it start on Thursday or Friday? I guess it started on Friday. Wednesday it started. It's been raining regularly. It's supposed to rain all the way through to tomorrow. And this is a good thing because we need water. It was raining, 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 and the monks were out bowing in the rain as we bowed. And uh, the uh, it was pretty miserable because the rain gets everywhere. It goes down your collar, and it's in your boots, and, and uh, you just live in the water. You just start to you become amphibious. <laughs> no choice. And uh, at that section, the, uh, the road, this was in central California, and the road was... Uh, narrow and we had to bow on this little meridian and because it had been raining the uh, things were really green and I remember uh, the road was narrow and we had to uh, count so we count on our beads we had to walk and count one two three bead one two three bead you know one two three bead one two three and then get to the wide place the meridian and stop there and uh, and bow in place okay so we're bowing in place there, and uh, then for about an hour, because we have, you know, maybe 
200 bows to do in one place. And bowing and counting and bowing and counting and bowing. And I, one bow, I bowed down. And when I got down to the ground, I, I opened my eyes down there. And there was the plantain. Do people know plantain? It's kind of like bananas, but it's not. No bananas. It's a big leaf, green plant. They plant them on meridians. You know, big leaf. And I bowed down and I looked. And the leaf was like this. And we always see the top. But I was down below and I could see under the leaf. And there was a big green bug upside down using the leaf as an umbrella. And I bowed down and he looked at me. <laughs> and I looked at him and down there like this. And he's above me. And he's very surprised, and he's hanging upside down. He's, you know, opens his eyes and looks at me, and I'm looking at him, and I'm here in his world, you know. I'm the guest. And he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and and he looked, I had to think. He was probably thinking, look at this stupid human out in the rain. Why doesn't he get under the shelter? Why doesn't he stay dry? Because he was on his, he had his umbrella, you know, in his house there. And just, I could see the personality of the bug immediately as he was looking at me and I was looking at him. And I realized, wow, we are in the insect's world all the time and never know it. You just never know it. They're quiet. Who takes the time to get down with shoe top level? We never do. We're just so crude. We stomp all over. We think it's a weed and we stomp on it. It's a bug and we stomp on it. But down there, he was, he was in order, right? He was avoiding the rain, waiting for it to stop upside down on the underside of the leaf. And, uh, my gosh, there are worlds within worlds. You know? We just were so crude, we never think about that. But that bug was in his world, and I was visiting, just visiting. So when I came back up, I suddenly realized I couldn't just stomp anywhere. I had to be careful where I was. So uh, it's the same um, with the deer at CTDB. Um, last week, I came in on... Uh, Sunday afternoon, about, uh, I guess it was about four, and the, as you come in the gate, there's a deer trail right there by the gate, and there were seven deer. I saw one, then I saw two, then I saw three, then I saw six, then I saw seven, and the buck was there, the young buck with his horns, and the other, the seven deer were, were females, does. And they just kept more and more deer kept coming out as I was looking. I th when does hunting season end? Do we know? Hunting season, Haizaima. Do we hear? Nobody is paying attention yet to hunting season. Why would we know? Uh, I think during hunting season, the, the deer population increases at CTDB because <laughs> they know we don't kill them. So they come down. So anyway, here were all these deer. And I realized the same thing that I realized in Australia. We have a place in Gold Coast. Gold Coast is in Queen, southeast Queensland. And we're on the edge of a forest. The forest is called Mujiriba Forest, an old uh, Aboriginal word, Mujiriba, Mujiriba. And in, in our property in Mujiriba, we have wallabies. And the wallabies are small kangaroos. And... Uh, you come face to face with these wallabies that live there. There's a, a couple, and uh, they now uh, Sam, who just emailed me the hufa there, says the babies are out. They've got the babies with them. So. 
when I saw the wallabies at Gold Coast and I saw the deer at CTTB, I had the very same reflection, which was what? This is their space. The wallabies, when you see them, have give you the impression that they have been there for a very long time. And the humans are relatively new. How long have the deer been walking on that trail at CTDB? Ask the Native Americans. They show them respect as if they are the owners. They're the large-bodied mammals who have been there forever. The humans come and go. How long have those deer been walking on that very same trail? That trail has been here before the hospital, before the pomos came. Who knows how long, right? And we look at them and we say, huh, a deer, huh? You know, the deer look at the humans and go, huh, the Buddhists. <laughs> hey, monk, you inner samadhi yet? <laughs> hey, monk, how's your wisdom? You know. huh, they're young. Those monks are young. Those Buddhists are young. So, how long have the deer been there? A very long time. Shi Jie, the realm of worlds. What is the realm of the deer? Do they know anything? Of course they do. They have incredible knowledge. Last week we watched this amazing video. We have to show this at CTDB. Sometime we get a chance to show. It's called My Life as a Wild Turkey. <laughs> it's very funny. There is a naturalist in Florida who uh, makes the, as his study the, uh, what's the word again? It's not bonding. What does he call it? Imprinting. Imprinting. The imprinting that young animals do with their mothers. This is a very funny idea. So this is part of the shu right? What does he do? This is a naturalist. He lives out in the wild with animals. And he's done it with eight or nine species. He waits for, in this case, somebody gave him 16 wild turkey eggs. Right? Wild turkey, little eggs like this. And the mother turkey, before the eggs are hatched, the mother turkey makes noises. As she's sitting on the nest, she's going, that's a pretty good turkey sound. And the little turkeys inside the eggs are going, inside the egg. And so the eggs hatch, and the, he, he's right there. The egg hatches, and the guy looks right here. And the first pair of eyes that the turkey sees, they imprint, this is my mother. If you're making the sound, and you show the eyes. So the little turkeys, just out of the egg, they're just little, they go right for the eyes. And he, the, the camera, this is a PBS, public broadcasting. The man picks up the turkey, and the turkey goes right for his face and goes to sleep. Home. Like that. 16 turkeys. He's the mother to 16 turkeys. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's an hour long. And it shows him, for one year and a half, raising 16 baby turkeys. It's, it's quite wonderful. And you wonder how they got the, uh, the images, the photos, because the photos are superb. They, he lives in the northern Florida where it's very wild. The deer are everywhere. He's totally, his neighbors are deer, snakes, lizards, hawks, eagles, bears, and 16 wild turkeys. And he raises them up and they have personalities. 
There's one that likes affection called Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea is always in his lap. As soon as he stands, Sweet Pea hops up in his lap. And there's a male called Turkey Boy, and Turkey Boy is very curious and inquisitive. And uh, they grow up and go off and, and, uh, and roost and make nests. Turkey Boy comes back to be his companion. So it's a wonderful story and uh, worth, worth watching. Uh, Hung Liang Shir was here watching, and Hung uh, Jiao Shir and, and Hung Yin Shir. Hung Liang Shir said, he was probably a turkey in his last life, she said. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Very funny. So, anyway, the realm of worlds. What's the world of a turkey? Well, when you watch this movie, it comes alive. Turkeys are very intelligent. They have knowledge. They, like the deer, like the wallabies, have been on the land where they, for, she says, the, the naturalist says, millions and millions of years. Turkeys are an old species. They're not new. They've been there for millions of years. And he watches the turkeys and he enters their world. They know all the plants. Immediately, they go out, they know, they know the snakes. He, he found 30 turkey words. And he could say them. He had a vocabulary. He could speak turkey, talk turkey after a while. <laughs> really? And he, spe- he, he knows the name for rattlesnake because the turkeys see a rattlesnake and they go, like that. And they see a green snake and they go, <laughs> so he goes, and they whistle and they, they purr and they, they have a, when they see a hawk, they make a certain sound and the sound is hawk is present. They're not afraid of hawks, they're, they're too big, but they, they alert everybody, there's a hawk. And it's a, like that, so amazing movie. So the realm of these animals, the worlds of these animals is very intelligent and people think turkeys are dumb, they are not dumb at all. Turkeys know so much. Which snake is, is poisonous? Which snake is harmless? Which, which plant they can eat? Which plant they can't eat? They all, all 16 of them go around and they study. Very, very interesting movie. So there's so much to learn. You know, we humans think we're the center of everything. And in fact, in the realm of worlds, these worlds overlap. You know. So what else? It's Xu Kong Jie. He looks at the realm of space and he realizes what? He realizes that everything exists in space, including us. And we say, me, right? We go, me, or in, in Chinese, we say, me. In America, we say, me. Um, what is me? If you look at each individual cell, the cells, the atoms, are mostly empty. There's the, you know, science tells us there are protons, neutrons, electrons, and a nucleus for every atom. You have a nucleus and these buzzing electrical things, and H2O, uh, which is uh, hydrogen 2, oxygen 1, right? H2O. And, uh, okay, this is... So sometimes the electrons bond tighter, sometimes they're loose, they're volatile electrons. And the, um, mostly it's space. So space is in us. We take this as solid, you know, but it's not. It's not at all. It's very uh, active and volatile. 
So the Buddha looked at empty space and said, this is a wu fa. This is a, a dharma that is unconditioned. No conditions come together to make the realm of space. It doesn't come from anywhere. It doesn't go from any, go anywhere. There is only one other dharma that is beyond conditions, which is what? What's their two wu fa? What is the other one? Who knows? What is it? Okay. What is it there? Alan, Alan is ready to tell us. Nirvana. Correct. Two, two unconditioned dharmas. Empty space and nirvana. Nirvana does not come from anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. So what does that mean when you when you realize nirvana? You have taken your body out of birth and death. It doesn't come anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere. So how interesting. So everything else exists inside of space, and space is inside of us. When you look at it that way, who are we? And the answer would be mostly our karma. We are the result of what we have done with body, mouth, and mind. If you stop the doing, we can stop coming and going. But because it's so hard to not do anything, we have to do things. We have to move. So we create We get deluded, we create, we act, and we get the retribution. And we exist. So meditation, precepts, concentration, and wisdom is the Buddha's way of going back to that place before we do anything. So that we in empty space can really finally become one. Right? How interesting to think that this body is just a result of things I've done. A female body is a result of things maybe I have done in the past. Currently, it's a male body. Right? The early monks at Gold Mountain Monastery used to beat up on the women. It was terrible. The early monks, the first bunch of monks, they were so hard on the, the nuns. Ask Hunter, she'll tell you. Oh my goodness, the early monks were really mean. They would take every opportunity to chifu, to bully the the nuns. You think they were very compassionate? Not so much. And Shifu, finally, he would just say, Nimunna, and say, don't be so arrogant. Don't assume that you have always been men and these women are beneath you. He said, you know why women become women? It's because they have not been so good at the precepts, so their body has outflows. But you know, most of the women I know cultivate harder than the men. Who's going to be the man in the future? <laughs> and these monks would go, well, not me. I'm not going to be the woman. So it's like all the bodies. You want to be a deva? Cultivate. You want to be a deva? Hold the five precepts, cultivate ten good deeds. Your body will be so pure, you can live in a realm of complete ease and comfort. If you can enter samadhi, you can be a Brahma god. Right? Our bodies come from what we do in empty space. Who tells me I'm supposed to be like this now? The answer is my habits. No other answer. Only my habits bring me back to this body. 
in these thoughts. We think these ways because why? We think these ways. We're in the habit of it. Habit is very strong. Habits are hard to break. They push us along. So, how important is it to find good Dharma friends? Really, really important. So you look at the our shamis, and I remember a time before there were no shamis at CTDB. Maybe one or two. Now there are twelve shamis at CTDB, and around them are the laymen and the trainees. All this wonderful boom, good Dharma friends helping each other out. How important is that to change our habits? We might want to go wrong, but we know there'll be nine eyes watching us, nine, nine pairs of eyes watching us. We don't. We go right. right. We want to be lazy. We want to sleep again. No, we've got to get up. Go out because they're waiting for me. It's my job to get up. So how wonderful in making good Dharma friends. Connie? What if we have friends who have bad habits? Mm. What, what's your answer to that question? What if they want to change, but? What if they have potential to be good? What if they have the potential to be good? Then I would say they're like most of us. <laughs> Unrealized goodness. <laughs> the potential to be good, but not quite there yet. You know, that's most of it. So, what is what do we mostly do? People, and I'm quoting Shurfu in this, we mostly have good intentions and then backslide. Mostly. We fashion them in twishin. One step forward, two steps back. Mostly. That's mostly that. So, now, that being said, how many good friends does it take to get us to do good? Sometimes, just even seeing someone. They say when you see the Buddha, if you actually see the Buddha, Ananda, Ananda, the Buddha's cousin, he saw the Buddha and immediately decided he wanted to be like him. So it doesn't take a lot of good friends. It just takes one good friend. Here's another way, Connie, to answer your question. What about if you're the good friend? How many people in a family does it take to go good to change the whole family, to turn good? Sometimes just one. Some of you know that your family are vegetarians because of you. Some of us, because we left home, our mothers left home. Right? Some of us, because we decided not to fight the way we used to, like dogs and cats, we completely changed our family's experience. Right? Doesn't take a lot. And we, we're in the habit of thinking of ourselves as being influenced, right? What if we're the one who influences? And what does it mean? It doesn't mean, I'm a good model. I'm a role model. You should all be like me. Get lost. Phony, you know. No, it just means you go and do it with your own heart. And people feel it. The reason being why we are all on each other's radar. It's really hard to fool each other, right? We're all on each other's radar screen. We pretty much know what the person next to us is thinking, especially the ones we're related to. And often that is not so good, but sometimes it can be really, really good. And if we can use that mutual radar to go towards the good, 
then that's what we're supposed to be doing. Does that mean we're born good? We never have bad thoughts? No, of course not. Lots of bad thoughts, but we don't follow the bad thoughts. Bad thoughts rise up and we go, no, last time I did that, I really regretted it. I'm going to change. That's cultivation. Cultivation doesn't mean our mind is pure. Whose mind is pure? Ren fei sheng xian shu nang wu guo. People are not sages who can, who is free of them. But it's what do you do, how do you react to the thought that shows your cultivation. The thought rises up and you go, mm, okay, omitofu. There's a living being to do, right? I want to do that zhongsheng. I want to take that living being across. So you just mostly be patient. That's why patience is the number one dharma door. You just are patient when that thought rises. You wait it out. You don't move. Samadhi, we say, you know, concentration, what does it mean? It means you can wait. You can not move. Then, what does it do? It rises. Cheng zhu huai. If we can wait those thoughts out, they go through. Thoughts are impermanent. Xin wu chang. Guan xin wu chang. We contemplate how thoughts do not last. And the only thing that wants you to move and go bad is a thought. It's just over. Be patient, you wait, it's ah. Then another one rises. And bit by bit, those thoughts rise less. So when you boil it down, cultivation comes down to learning to be really patient in the midst of temptation to go wrong with your bad thoughts. So if we are our good friends, then we invisibly, silently can help our whole family and everybody who sees us, even invisibly. Why, how is this true? Transference of merit. Use your mind like a broadcast tower. Goodness. It's really powerful, even though there's no sign that you're influencing it. Okay. Guan Cha Shi Jie, contemplating the realm of consciousness. Ooh. That's the radar screen right there. Consciousness is like a radar screen. When somebody is really angry, you don't have to look. You know it. You can almost smell the, the gunpowder smell. Why? Because our consciousness is like a, like a field, like a a radar scope, just bleep, 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 you know, that goes up and you see a little white top, bleep, like that. Oh, enemy plane coming in, bleep, there it is. Or a ship, the submarine has sonar, you know, oh, here comes a ship. Because our consciousness is out there, we're on each other's wavelength, just like consciousness, the realm of consciousness. The Bodhisattva on the fourth ground, Guan Cha Shi Jie, he contemplates consciousness. What is it? We have the consciousness of the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, diliu yishu, the sixth mind consciousness, the dichi mona shi, diba, ulaya shi, hanzang shi. Those are the eight consciousnesses that right now are functioning right this minute for all of us. We're out there using these consciousnesses and that is, if you say, what is the soul? We don't say soul in Buddhism per se. We say consciousness. That's what we're working with right now that brings us back into our bodies, whatever our bodies are. Okay, three more. Yu jie, se jie, wu se jie. Desire, form, and formlessness. Those are the levels of 
worlds. There are countless worlds, world systems, and the Bodhisattva is looking at them. The six paths of rebirth in the desire realm, the 28 paths of reincarnation in the form realm, the gods, and the four realms of gods in the formless realm. He looks at all those. Two more, the last two. Look at this. Long, huh? Guang. Xin, xin, jie, jie. Da, xin, xin, jie, jie. What are those? Okay, let's unpack that. And I'm going to switch our card right now. All right, record. Okay, we're in business. So these last two, you notice they're the same except for one word, two words. Uh, one word, guang and da. Guang is extensive, expansive, kind of, think of area. Da is big, almost like cubically. It's just big. Guang, you think of as the guang in measure. Da is, I always think of it as just, it's kind of coming in the third dimension. How are they different? Um, we are working on that in our Avatamsaka translation group um, because it appears a lot. Guangda, uh, we say often. So what is that? It means very big. Xin, xin, let's see, I'm sorry. Guangcha, guang, xin, an expansive mind that can hold a lot and a da xin that can contain a lot. Xin jie jie, the realm of faith and understanding, where you, first of all, believe that is true, meaning you're willing to understand it, and then the next realm is that you do understand it because you worked with it, you held it in your mind until it opened. So xin and jie are two stages of approaching text. One is you hold it in your mind until you think, I wonder if that's really true about my, that the only thing that holds me in empty space is my, my karma, my behavior. Well, let me think about that for a while. Because you believe it and you think about it, you experience it. You understand it. It opens to you. So those are, the Bodhisattva is contemplating those realms. Why? He's only on the fourth ground. He's got six more to go after this one. So he's got seven grounds to travel. And he's not home yet. He's still working on it. He will get there soon. Uh, so this is the how he contemplates. And what are these? These are ten methods for understanding the Dharma. Ming, that's your fa, ming, man. Ten kinds of Dharma understanding doors, methods, techniques. So he looks at these. He looks at what? Living beings, the Dharma, to teach living beings, worlds where living beings live, from bugs to universes, empty space that holds us all, consciousness like a radar that's connecting us all, desire, form, and formlessness where we're reborn in the six paths, and then outside in the, in the realm of form and formlessness, and then the ability to believe it and to explain it, to understand it. And now he's ready to enter the fourth ground. Okay. 
Questions? Ideas? Anything spark? Feda, you look pensive. Do you have a question there? Not? Okay. Anybody got an idea here? Something that way to expand this or something that occurred to you? Yes. You want Okay, so Iwan's question is, is there a connection here with that Shastra called Baifa Mingmanan, the door to understanding the hundred dharmas? I think it's just coincidence. I, I don't think there's any particular... It's possible the Shastra was named after the Sutra. The Sutra certainly came first. So, um, it's a Lun. So a Lun means people spoke it, you know, put it together. It's not a Jing, it's not spoken by the Buddha. So I think probably it's just uh, this came first, and then that may have followed. Okay. Shall we uh, transfer the merit? Mm. The way we do that is uh, to use our minds on that consciousness radar, send out good thoughts. However you would like to do it. Um, our colleague, Fang uh, Jiahua, uh, had emergency appendectomy. His Mang Changyan, right? Uh, had a, a hole in it, his appendix. And the, uh, he went through some very serious pain, as you do when you have appendix issues. And uh, the doctors removed it very quickly, but he went through a couple of days of misery. I'm sure he's, he's going to be fine, but I'm, I think he could, uh, would appreciate any any goodness sent his way. He's been a doctor to lots of us. He's helped out many of us with his uh, healing skills, and yet uh, his body too requires maintenance. And he's been working very hard these days and not paying attention to his health. So, so that's one. Um, the uh, where the the world's attention is moving towards the environment more and more, thank goodness. Um, we had, oh, 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 there was an important moment that happened this week. Do people know the name Pat Robertson? Pat Robertson is a, a Christian evangelist. He has a, a university. Uh, and Pat Robertson, he's the guy who uh, was, I, sh- I shouldn't carelessly do this, but when uh, 9-11 happened, he said it was because of the, the gays, the Jews, the liberals, that 9-11 was the fault of some of the population, that it was God punishing us for allowing people like that. And some of the most hateful thoughts in the world have come out of his mouth. Um, Pat Robertson this week said that global warming is real. Big deal. That's a big deal because he has denied that global warming is caused, it's happening. It's just, he said that theory is something that scientists created so they can make money writing research papers. Uh, he, this week, announced that it's really serious and our, we have to start accepting global warming as a fact or else we will lose our children. 
meaning the children all know it's true and they're not going to listen to us if we say it's false. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his fellow evangelical Christians who deny that global warming is happening. So you look at Hurricane Sandy and you, you know, and you go, I think there's something new going on. Anyway, so we can uh, transfer the merit to all of us who in the future will be experiencing the reality of, of temperatures rising, ocean levels rising, uh, drinking water becoming harder and harder to find, food prices going way, way up. And uh, we should all work the land at Wampochong very diligently, learn to be farmers because we can grow our own food. We don't have to wait for the truck to come to Safeway when there isn't any truck because there's no gas to power the truck. So we grow our own food. Anyway, and before then, we need to transfer the merit and benefit beings with our, our wish to help them out. So let's do that. Your vow is yours to make however you want to transfer the merit.